0: Matt Taylor is the voice of the Colts via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline. What's your favorite AC DC
1: song, Matt? It's gotta be Gone Shootin'. I like kind of that. A, Look
0: at you going completely
1: off the page. Kind of a deep cut, right? Yeah. Gone shooting or jailbreak. That's kind of a deep cut, too. You
0: um you're a deep cut guy. There are not a lot of deep cut guys out there anymore. You're one.
1: Remember deep cuts launched on Q ninety five? I do. That was it for me. Like you just take an artist. And you give me three songs I've never heard before, and you start exploring. You start spelunking on the B-side. That's it for me. Oh,
0: man. Two for Tuesday, Q95.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Rock Station. This is Dog. Hey, what's up? How you doing? I got tickets.
0: (laughs) <laughs> my God, is that a voice that is so missing in this market, Matt. actually I saw my guy today. I saw you did. my guy. He,
1: yeah, he was in the complex today. He popped in, yeah. he was in here doing something. So That's a good day over there when the oh, dog shows yeah. up. That's right, man. He's been gone for I don't even know, like a year now, but it seems like five years. But good to see his face, good to see his energy. Uh yeah, you should ask him about his favorite ACDC songs, man. He's the he's the true catalog, he's the true <laughs> barometer of what you need around here. Can you imagine
0: over the years i can't remember how many years he spent in the afternoons at q95 but i i would love to know for him to estimate how many acdc <laughs> songs he played
1: <laughs> well i mean let's see he probably did a six hour shift you, you gotta you gotta think at least three per shift times yeah thir- 30 years right
0: yeah and it um it's it, you know again that was back before this ridiculous voice tracking crap that is now so you had to go in there live he was playing cards and then playing CDs uh and then obviously playing in the uh, digital portion of it off of well, uh, the computer
1: so see, speak, speaking of all of this so we we've had a, a good string of i, I got knock on wood here because I don't want to ruin it here but we've had a good string of saturday nights or weekends that have been pretty clear Around the Taylor household, right. And so my wife was asking me the other weekend because we were outside and we were kind of watching the kids play. And you had just started on Saturday night uh, in terms of B one hundred five point seven. My wife asked me, "Does he not get tired of that? Like, does he want to just does he just not want a Saturday night to himself?" And I said, <laughs> "No. Who are you talking to? No, this guy loves it, man. So do. you do have you do have people out there that." truly appreciate the effort and the the enjoyment and the pleasure you bring them
0: it is truly. um it is it is fun and I, I can't lie about this it, it's fun because I see the fun that the listener has. Yes. And, and the listeners that stay in it for six hours, which is mm-hmm. amazing that they do. And then I have seen it grow because now we're getting calls from, you know, across the nation. You know, it, it started with Matthew in Maine and now we're getting calls from Vermont, That's awesome. uh, Illinois, South Dakota, Florida, Texas, you know, South uh, Southern California is Jim McCann, who's who's out there as well. Pennsylvania, yep. Kentucky was another night, um, but maybe more so than anything else. Um, I. They allow me to do something that nobody else in radio is allowed to do. Nobody is allowed to go in and say, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and shove your playlist right up your rear end. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever the hell I
1: want. <laughs> you, take, you take the log <laughs> and you throw it in the trash. There is no uh, yeah. log. <laughs>
0: and, and there's there's something about being in radio, especially this long um, – that i mean it's 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 just independent of of just doing the job it's just wow i'm not going to take this time for granted because nobody and i mean nobody's allowed to do that anywhere nationally locally it doesn't matter nobody does it that way
1: yeah well maybe on saturday night you can throw on some girls got rhythm oh remember yeah that, remember that gym from Absol- acdc
0: absolutely man Absolutely, there's just so much great stuff. I, I was more uh, a Brian Johnson than Bon Scott, but if oh, you, no. Yeah, oh no, I mean,
1: oh no no, 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 I can no.
0: understand why. Yeah, why everybody's pro Bon Scott though because he's he's pretty unique. There's yeah. no doubt.
1: Well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, anti uh, Brian Johnson. I mean, quite frankly, I'll tell you, the first, the first album, or the first CD in this case, the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Back in Black. I went to Sam Goody. Was there a Sam Goody in Greenwood?
0: Yes, there was. Um, in, in Bloomington, uh, where I went to the Bloomington College Mall, there was Disc Jockey, and there was Music yes. Land. With Music Land, I think was an offshoot of Sam Goody.
1: Yeah. Whatever, whatever was yep. the, the music store in the Greenwood Park Mall, I scrounged together $19 of my own money in 1996 and bought ACDC.
0: That CD was $19 there?
1: I'm. Sure, I was 11 years old. So 19. dollars I, I walked in there feeling like I was a king. All right. That's awesome. <laughs> Went a long way back in the day. Yeah.
0: So I. Um. I was trying to think that I. My first CD was Pet Shop Boys, and it was. <laughs> in 19. In 1988. That was my first. And CDs were. Were taking kind sure. of taking hold and that was my my first cd was pet yeah. shop boys right there chris lowe and neil Tennant to pet shop boys but no it um not I, I appreciate you saying that uh and your wife saying that on on yeah. saturday because it um it's like a blank canvas with 35 and 40 year old song requests it's like yeah. a blank canvas yep. and, I, and i think i told david wood this once uh, and you would understand this because it's radio and you work without a net Uh, there's something to be said with working without a net. And what I mean by that is when there's 30 seconds left in the song that's on the air and I have no idea what's coming up next, there's something to be said (laughs) about how awesome that feeling is for me. It's like, all right, I either get this done or I don't here and I sound really stupid. So there's something to be said about that.
1: I mean, that's it. I mean, like journalists, like the writers, they've got the backspace button, you know? like They don't have to hit send until they hit deadline. And yeah, with with you, I mean that, that's 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 an adrenaline rush that you just can't duplicate. Like there's no there's no high for that. There's no drug that I think can replicate that. It's it's you versus the audience and it's and I've seen you at work, man. Like you you're you're a walking Spotify, but you're also like when you're in there it seems like you have like six arms instead of two cuz you're you're mixing and you're up and down and you're fading this up, you're moving that down and you're answering the phone like you're just like you you just have beads of, of music sweat going on for like seven hours in there and it's it's like a beautiful one man orchestra. Um so I tip you I tip my cap to you, man. It's it's really fun to listen to and it's I think it's even more enjoyable you know having seen you do it and, and knowing what you, you put into it with The drops and the images and, uh, again, taking the phone calls and just making people happy and just being there for for the entertainment part of it. And, uh, like, that's it for me, too. Like, during play-by-play of a Colts game, like – if you screw it up, you can't go back. You, you can't yep. go back. There ain't no backspace button. Like you either nail the call or you do it justice, or you just try to do better the next play. And that's what happens. Like if you feel like you left one out there, you got to sh- you know flush it and 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 compartmentalize. Make don't make one bad play into two, and then compound it into four, and then you have a bad quarter. So I totally get that working without a net concept because that that's a high. Like once you have yeah. sixty five thousand people you know cheering and you're at the game and you're feeling the adrenaline like that's something you just can't duplicate anywhere. Yeah, I mean
0: people get that from, you know, you know riding a bike or you know, climbing a hill or a mountain or you know swimming a long way or running a long way. People find different ways to satisfy those highs. Yep. Um and that's that's how I do it. I mean that's that's how I I do it. Especially um I have never known what was coming up next. I mean I just I mean I never know until halfway through the song that is on <laughs> There's nothing ready there's nobody ready I have zero idea and there is something to be said about that feeling right there. At least for somebody that loves radio, um, yep. loves doing this, I can always go back and go, "Hey, you know what? I just screwed that info up, and here's what really happened." There, you just get yourself a little bit of dead air, and then everybody laughs at you, and that's <laughs> <laughs> but that's fun. What well, yeah.
1: well, I appreciate is you do have the iPad going, and you're playing music off the, you know, the the music log or the music software that you have. At the at the station, but you're like scrolling, so you make sure you hit the post. Or like if oh, a song yeah. has a long intro, you fast forward to the good part. Like people don't understand that. Like they don't understand the detail in which you put into that to make it sound flawless. Yeah, and there's nobody there's nobody in there helping you.
0: They, yeah, it's all by myself, and they um, people think I hang up on them. And I try to keep them, like on this show, people come on and we we have a conversation. But there, people will call in, much like this show, and want to converse. And I kind of want to get them out of there in 10 to 15 seconds. Yep. You know, right or maybe a little bit longer sometimes. So yep. you know, most of the time I will hang up before they say goodbye and they think I hang up on it. But I'm not hanging up on them. I'm just making it easier for me to put <laughs> down right there. But nah, it's uh it is fun as hell. And I know you you certainly would relate to that because you work without a net uh, every single uh Sunday, sometimes Thursdays with this Colts team. So what's the big deal later on tonight? We're gonna get training camp schedule released. Officially, right?
1: Yeah, I think coming up here about six six thirty up at Grand Park, they're having a press conference for the training camp schedule. And uh, there's there's one there's one piece of of training camp uh, you know schedule news that we already know. It's not going to be unfortunately with that uh, last preseason game in Philadelphia being on a short week and those joint practices or joint practice uh, depending on how the the schedule falls. I mean, we know that the Colts are going to be flying to Philly. Basically, that whole week leading up to the game on August 24th which is going to wipe out some more opportunities to come see the team practice up at Grand Park so that's a long way uh, winded way of saying that the Colts are not going to have as long of a training camp at Grand Park for fans to come see uh, as compared to last year last year seemed like the Colts were up there for like four and a half weeks this year I think you're only going to have about three and a half weeks uh, because I think those, those joint practices probably, this is just a hunch, but those joint practices with the Bears leading up to the game on Saturday, August 19th, I think that's going to be your last opportunity to see the Colts for free up at Grand Park in Westfield before they fly to Philadelphia to wrap up uh, preseason play the next week.
0: Yeah, that's, um, that's interesting. Now, you got your passport
1: good to go? Not yet. We had to come in. Oh, dude,
0: you got to well, get that it, fired up, man. That it, may it, take a minute.
1: It's in the process. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we had to come in, I think, two weeks ago, and sign sign up and fill out some paperwork, and they had a, for lack of a better term, like a travel agency, I think, on site taking our information, and I, my my pat my old passport was expired, so I had to give them that so they could renew it. But they're going to expedite it so we can get them faster because you're talking about. 50-some players and a bunch of staff members and doctors and trainers, so that's that's a huge ordeal. Plus, you're going to have players that need passports that aren't even here yet. I mean, inevitably, there's going to be some players that play in that game, that travel to that game that aren't on the roster yet. That's not, you know, players that are not going to be at training camp in a couple of weeks, so they're going to have to deal with the passport situation as well. So, um, yeah, it's in the works right now, and, and thankfully, I don't have to worry about it. They're taking care of that stuff. Well, I remember
0: being in london and i got i took the tube and got out to wembley about an hour and a half before we started the pregame show there and the nfl because i i guess my you know john gliva was put down and i had jmv down with the nfl and they weren't letting me they weren't letting me pass they were not i said hey guys i gotta get up there i gotta get going and and then finally, they let me past. And literally, it was an hour and a half. It took me uh, from when I was standing there to finally get in and literally... I sat down, because this we were outside in Wembley. Yeah, I sat th- down I that. and started that. and started the show. Uh, j- the intro was playing when I put my <laughs> headset on when I get out there. And it looked like I just kind of half-assed it and showed up. And it was far, could not be further from the truth. I stood right. out there for an hour and a half trying to let the, And it was the NFL there. It was like the NFL. It wasn't uh, anybody from England or law enforcement there. It was the NFL that weren't mm. letting me in, so
1: you talk talking about playing without a net. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah. You, you yeah. sit down and start the show. And What are we doing? All had right. such a great
0: time, too, leading up to it. I mean, just had a fantastic – I love going to London. I, and I didn't want to go. I mean, I did not – they had to force me to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to go. And then when I got there and had so much fun, I was so glad that I attended. But that, that almost screwed it up there toward the end.
1: Yeah. Well, this, this trip to Frankfurt – so last year the Colts, or the the NFL, played a game in Germany, but it wasn't in Frankfurt. So they're playing two games this go-around in Frankfurt, I think in Week 11 and, and 12. Obviously the Colts are on the back end of that. And the stadium is pretty small. I think it's a soccer stadium. Uh, I think it seats about 40,000 people, so it's quite a bit smaller than a typical NFL stadium. And I think it's the same kind of thing. I think we already got word that there's no uh, press box per se, like the media, the working media is going to be like in the stands in a designated area. There's no radio booth. So we're going to be, you know, we'll have a table basically out, You know, in in the midair and amongst the the stadium, amongst the fans. And so um, that's certainly going to be unique. And just from everything that I've heard, like the popularity of football in Germany is just through the roof. It has skyrocketed the last couple of years. And uh, I I suspect that it's going to be pretty loud consistently throughout the game, 60 minutes regardless of who has the ball because people are just going to be going nuts just to see live football in Germany with that NFL product. I mean, I'm, I'm just super excited for it. I don't know when else in my lifetime I would go to Frankfurt, Germany or yeah. Germany in general. So to be able to you know, have have uh, two birds with one stone and have a work trip going to a pretty popular, you know, foreign destination of mine. That's that's pretty cool. I'll no,
0: it, Yeah, it's it's incredibly cool. I'm assuming with, uh, again, how small that stadium is, it'll be for the most part, it'll be German based fans there. I don't think there are going to be a lot of American fans flying over for this. I wouldn't guess.
1: Well, I know I know the Patriots have what they call now the, the marketing rights to Germany. Like, that's their territory, if you will. I, I fully don't understand what that means, but that's what I've heard. So, yeah, I mean, th- that's been going on for a couple of years. So, if I had to guess, most of I mean, it's a Patriot home game anyways, technically. So, if I had to guess, you know, most of the fans there would be Patriots fans. But I don't know, man, like, if you're – if you've never been to Germany before or you love football that much, I mean, would you not just spend that as your vacation? You know, just go over there for a week and then take in the game and, and you know, marry those two things and have that be your vacation? I mean, that's you think what there's, I would
0: do. you think there's any apprehension about where, where this team might be at that time? You know, just you know, win-loss-wise, you think that's at all playing a, a role or might play a role?
1: I mean, probably not. I don't think so. I mean – it kinda of just depends on who you are as yeah. a fan. Like if well, you I, want to say Yeah, I,
0: I, I didn't think that would be as much as a role play just in general, other than the stadium being smaller, the capacity being smaller and not enough spots for people that are thinking about going. That's what I thought yeah. would be more more prevalent than, you know, maybe well, it depends yeah. on where they are record wise as we approach that date.
1: Well, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I mean, if I'm if I'm a big enough Colts fan and I've never been to Germany, I'm I probably asking myself or telling myself, I mean, when's the next time the Colts are going to play a game in Germany? I mean, I don't know. Maybe 10 years, 20 years. I mean, maybe maybe not ever again. I don't know, but um You know, so if this is a a bucket list destination for you and you're a huge Colts fan, I mean that that to me would be regardless of the record or maybe like whatever you think about the team's outlook for the season, hey, your team's playing in Germany a pretty cool place to go visit. I really wouldn't care or worry about, you know, where where my team is record wise on November twelfth. I just go for the experience.
0: I would agree with that. I agree with that portion of it too. So what what are we going to see later on tonight as far as camp schedule concerned?
1: Well, it's coming out. Uh, It'll be available here soon, shortly, maybe in an hour or two on Colts.com slash camp. And so I can't – in fact, I'm not privy to all of it, but I do know some of the details in terms of some of the marketing dates and some of the initiatives they have around some of the practices. So Colts.com slash camp. Um, You'll see all of the dates in which the Colts are going to practice in terms of times, uh, and again, some of the marketing uh, events and um, initiatives they'll have surrounding some of those days. Like you always have Kids Day, you always have uh, you know Back to School Day, if you will. You'll have uh, you know Bike Bike to, to Camp Day. They've done that in the past. You know some some of these more creative things that the marketing department uh, comes up with to associate um, you know just some some fun and extra entertainment uh, surrounding Colts Camp. And again, it's free. Like the Colts are one of the very few teams, John, you know this, that are still doing this. I mean, uh, I don't know what the number was, but I think last year it was like four or five teams that still – Left their team facility and still practiced uh, away, and and had t- had fans come for free and see the team up close and personal. It's kind of a a lost uh, you know aspect of NFL football, but the Colts still prioritize it. Uh, it still means a lot for them to be able to practice and have fans come see them. So um, don't take it. Don't take that. Uh, for granted if you're a Colts fan. Come up and see him. It's, I mean, it's an unbelievable venue. It's easy to get to. It's pretty centralized here in Indianapolis and Westfield. So yeah, colts.com slash camp here in just a little bit on all the days the Colts are going to practice and when those joint practices are going to be with the Bears.
0: Has the last three Reds games taken anything away from the previous
2: 12?
1: None. None. Zero. Good. I mean, I'm glad I, to hear it. Yes. Zero. Zero. Uh, there, there's been no rain on my uh, Reds parade, let's just put it that way. I mean, that 12-game streak, and really it went back to, for me, it's, I started to kind of sense a change around Memorial Day. Like that three-game weekend series in Chicago when they swept the Cubs, that's when my antennas started to go up a little bit. Maybe not to this degree. Like, I didn't see a 12-game winning streak coming. Don't get me wrong. But I thought, all right, well, maybe they can make it interesting. Because you saw Dela Cruz coming. I mean, that was inevitable. And then McLean started hitting. And then Steer started hitting. The pitching got pretty good. Um, It's just been so enjoyable. I'm telling you what, that that game, I know you've talked about this, but that game on Friday night against the Braves, like, I I really – it's not hyperbole on me. I mean, I truly believe this. Like that was the best baseball game I think I've ever seen. And it was the most enjoyable because it was sold out. It was packed less than two months after they had like 5,000 fans at a game on Tuesday night. Like, it's just so enjoyable to see what's happened. And it's just fun to have baseball back in my everyday life. Like I'm paying attention to baseball again. And that's awesome.
0: Yeah. I talked to Spencer steer before you came on last hour. And uh, it, it felt good to talk to him. I mean, it did, because so many positive things to talk about in terms of the Reds that we've simply put been unable to really talk about at length for a while.
1: Right. And and I've been very critical. I mean, I think I've come in on the show talking about I don't know what the plan is. Like, yeah. w- the front office is just sort of like this rudderless ship. And I think you've got to give him credit to a certain degree. I mean, obviously you do, because things have played out uh, to, to – you know, give credence to their vision, but even, again, even I don't think even they saw every single guy that they have brought up panning out this well, this early. I mean, the Dela Cruz uh, hit for the cycle is the most electric thing I've ever seen as a Reds fan, and I've been I've been at this now for 30 plus years, and that was just Friday night was just so much fun and so exciting, and the best part of it, you had 40,000 people losing their minds.
0: Yeah, I know. Me too. I, I felt the same way. I was, I was trying to think about the last time that place was that electric, and everybody kept going back to that Jay Bruce you know, playoff clenching home run. Yeah, and yeah. That, I mean, that feels Bruce. like that. That's forty years ago. Yeah. It wasn't, but it feels like it.
1: Yeah, twenty ten, man. That was the. I mean, 20, 2010, That season was special. Twenty twelve was special. Twenty thirteen was kind of okay. But then since then, it's been. 100 lost seasons, no vision, bunch of trades, you know, make sure this guy, you know, soak in, make sure you soak in Sonny Gray, make sure you soak in Luis Castillo, uh, Castillo, make sure you uh, soak in, um, you know, some of these other guys they've parted ways with, and and you just just have to wonder, when are they going to part ways with these guys, when are they going to hit the reset button again, and again, and again, and that's happened, but They've had a plan and you got to give them credit because these these guys are fun and They're playing a brand of baseball that we just haven't seen. I mean, even that that era with Brandon Phillips and Jay Bruce and Joey Votto, uh, you know, the Latos era. I mean, they were good, but it just seemed like when they got down, they didn't have like the mental fortitude to fight through that kind of stuff. These guys don't give a rip. And that's what's fun is like they're going to score four, five, six runs a game, and they're going to be in every game and have to give themselves a chance to win. And that's all you want. That's what makes it exciting. That's what makes summer enjoyable. They may not win the division. And that's okay, but they're going to keep it interesting, and that's all I've ever wanted for the last couple of years.
0: I um, I told Spencer Steer this, and he agreed with me. I said, y- "You guys, and, and having you know this small amount of experience is good because they just stay in dog mode." the Mm -hmm. entire time. And I mean, they don't, uh, they don't have a fear of, of failure in certain situations because they've not been in these situations before. And they just kind of press the pedal down to the floor and go at it. And that's admirable to me. I really enjoy watching that.
1: Yeah. I mean, these are, I mean, you're just watching dudes having fun and, that I mean, if you go back to April again, what did they start? 7-15, and 15, you're thinking, okay, here we go again. Because uh, back at that point, a lot of these guys weren't called up yet. They weren't playing the, the roles that they're in right now. And you're thinking, okay, I don't know what the vision is here, but we're going to go through another 100-loss season. You know, we're going to be the Oakland A's of the National League. And, you know, 24 maybe, 25 maybe. But, no, I mean, every single guy that they have called up has been not only – overly productive but just a guy that you can get behind like finally some guys you can root for finally some guys yeah. that that you kind of identify with after that era that you know again you had Phillips and, and Votto and and uh you know and that crew so so finally some guys that you finally can think that are going to be here a while, that are going to build a nucleus and a core that can compete long-term in the NL Central.
0: Yeah, you know, the other thing is, too, they're not going to have pitching. That's just the way that it is. And what, are you waiting for Ladolo and, and Green, I no. guess, in August, right?
1: I, you know, I, I haven't seen Green. I mean, is, is he got an extended injury? Um,
0: I don't – I think both – I may be wrong about Green. I thought I both hit, weren't going to be right? back until August, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, well, you you can definitely feel you know that loss. I mean, he was supposed to pitch right either Saturday or Sunday against the Braves, and you felt that you did. I mean, they got they got down big early in all three of those games, and so you're right. Not much you can do about the pitching right now, but I think that goes back to the offense. Again, these guys can hit, and they can scratch and claw their way back in games, and they can they can put pressure on a bullpen. They're going to score five to six runs a game so if they can get adequate starting pitching and some consistent bullpen help um again these guys can they can mess around and stay in the hunt and, and just keep it fun hey
0: one thing somebody had asked me via twitter you brought up the colts or in this case the patriots and you know the foreign market rights that they have in germany do the colts have something like that
1: they, to my knowledge, they do not. Okay. Um, yeah, and again, I, I don't. I'm not proficient on how all that works from a business standpoint. I mean, you know, obviously the Jaguars are fully entrenched from a marketing standpoint in London. Um, I think there's a team that has the marketing rights in Mexico, Mexico City. The Patriots have been granted uh, rights in Germany. Um I th- I think that might be it but again don't quote me on that but I, I just I just know that it's a Patriots home game and that New England I mean it was really important for Robert Kraft to get that game because of what they've been able to do you know, foundationally, the last sure. couple of years already marketing their team and the product over there in Germany.
0: So, Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, and the unveiling of the training camp schedules coming at you later on tonight. The Goreman sent me a text here a little bit earlier. I think we got something going on with the Goreman in the not so distant future. So yeah,
1: that's what, oh, that's I what I, I thought- hear. I saw the Gore man today, a fleeting a fleeting appearance by <laughs> J G today. He was in and out. In and out. When was the
0: last time you saw him prior to today?
1: Uh, probably May something. <laughs> May something. May. May I know it was May. Probably, probably my my first appearance in, in the flesh of JG in the month of June, calendar oh, wise. Man, awesome. <laughs> All right, hey, my
0: best to everybody. Um, and uh, we'll get you back on here relatively soon if you need anything.
1: Holler. You got it, man. Have fun on Saturday night, like you, always.
0: You got it, buddy. Thank you. That's Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, right there via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. on the Indy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now. In the lineup later on tonight in Baltimore as the DH, three for three, a home run and three driven in last night. And uh, one of my favorites, watching my favorite team play out there. We'll bring on to the show Spencer Steer of the Reds. Spencer, thank you very much for joining us in Indy. How you doing?
4: Appreciate you having me and doing good.
0: All right. What's the first thing you think of when you hear Indianapolis, Indiana?
4: The first thing I think of yeah. is definitely
0: the Colts. Is it the Colts with Peyton Manning or the Colts with Andrew Luck in an early retirement?
4: I, it's definitely uh, it's definitely Andrew Luck for me.
0: Oh man, well, that's gonna bum out everybody <laughs> around here. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) for real for real i'm curious i I tell you watching you guys play over that 12 gamer was absolutely something but i kind of wanted to go back you got called up i want to say at the beginning of september around thereabouts a year ago and you kind of got your feet wet in your your major league baseball career did that help you get better prepared for to start the season and to get where you are right now with this team
4: yeah a hundred percent um especially because I was traded over at the trade deadline. So when I came up uh, last September, that was, you know, the first time I was meeting the coaching staff, Um, didn't know anyone on the team really. So um, I was able to start, you know, getting comfortable with the organization and and started building relationships. And I think that's a a huge part of, of why you can have success on the field is, is the relationships you have with the coaches and and other players. And um, that camaraderie uh, definitely helps you just go be yourself out on the field.
0: Well, and I'm curious, you were trying to do that in in Minnesota, working your way up. When you heard you were traded to the Reds, what was that initial feeling like?
4: Uh, It was definitely a a lot of mixed emotions for me, Um, playing for only the twins organization in my professional career being there for three plus years. Um, obviously had a lot of, uh, meaningful relationships over there. Um, but at the same time was also really excited about a, a new opportunity, um, in Cincinnati and, um, you know, kind of starting fresh, I guess you could say. So it was, it was, it was definitely a mixed bag of emotions, but, uh, I'd say more excitement than anything for, for just, uh, you know, a, f- a fresh start and a new opportunity.
0: It's uh, Spencer Steer of the Reds. They're in Baltimore later on tonight. He's with us via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I do want to double back to that 12 gamer. That win streak. Uh, it. it um, you ever felt anything like that? How, how enjoyable was that run? And I know that you. You understand that you want more to come here. But just going back to those twelve games, how did that feel to be a part of that clubhouse, that dugout on the field with that run and the fun you guys clearly were having at that time on the field?
4: Yeah, I mean, it was just it was a good stretch. I mean, we were just playing really good baseball. Uh, you know for for two weeks there however long that streak was and um and I think everyone just couldn't wait to get to the park I mean we were just really just enjoying it. and it still feels like that around here even you know we've lost 3 in a but everyone just loves being around each other everyone loves coming to the park early and um you know just I've never felt a camaraderie of of a team in, in my professional career not even close to this
0: I said this yesterday about you guys, and you know, obviously I'm way on the outside looking in while watching, but it does, Spencer, legitimately look like you guys have a great time with one another. And I know sometimes, sometimes that may be a bit mislabeled. That may not be true, but it looks like it with this group. Without a doubt, team-wise, anybody in that clubhouse, you guys get along as well as it seems when we see you on those camera shots on the field?
4: Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone <clears> – <throat> everyone just loves being around each other. And um, I think that that really just really helps us on the field because everyone, you know, when I, especially I, speaking for myself, when I'm in the box, I, I can feel everyone in the dugout uh, genuinely, you know, is, is wanting me to succeed. And, and, you know, that's, that's awesome at, especially at this level and um, how competitive playing time is and all that. And it's, it's been really special how, how close we've gotten as a group and, It really started in spring training, too. Um, We really came in and and really started off strong in spring training, and and, uh, the relationship has just built further and further up to this point.
0: A friend of mine is Tucker Barnhart. He's a former Red. He plays for the Cubs now, but um, he used to tell me about the importance of of bonding in in spring training. And I'm assuming that somebody like me or others may not understand that. But how important is it to build those relationships in the in the uh, spring training time that you have out in Arizona that that gets you through the entirety of the season? I mean, really does kind of you know bridge the gap between you know maybe some uncertainty there and helps the team camaraderie moving forward how important it is that to be built in the spring
4: uh it's really important and and that was one thing uh david our our manager really preached at the beginning was was use this time to get to know one another use this time to you know start building those relationships because every year you know there's new faces coming in and i was one of those new faces and um we we did a lot of fun stuff like we had a three-point competition um during spring training, we had a, a Top Golf outing where you know the winner got a new set of clubs. Like we, we were we were doing a lot of stuff to, um, you know, really really start kickstart those that bonding, and um, we really taken it off from there. And um, it's it's just it's been really fun to, you know, just watch watch this team grow uh, into you know a winning baseball team, and now we're fighting to to keep our spawn first.
0: Spencer who won the three-point shootout
4: uh, Will Myers
0: okay so is he a yeah. good basketball player
4: yeah he had a good shot I, I there's there's a, a lot of guys like Will Benson. he was supposed to go to Duke uh, out of high school and play baseball and call or baseball and basketball so we had some we had some sharpshooters in that competition that's
0: nice too now you growing up in Long Beach how much of a basketball player were you
4: I played growing up. Um, you know, I wasn't I wasn't great or anything, but I I played up until high school growing up.
0: It's funny. There a lot of incredible baseball players in and around the Southern California area, when you're growing up, how much do those other high schools in that area, especially the level of play and what oftentimes is an end result, whether it's not in a major college, you know, playing baseball at a high level where, you know, you went to Oregon, whether you're talking about Stanford or maybe UCLA, certainly Fullerton, um, all those, how much does that high school level prepare you for what you're about to get? It just seems like baseball wise, most of the time that the state of California, for example, is at a different level in preparation at the high school level for baseball
4: yeah i mean a hundred percent helped my development as a player being able to to play in southern california not only against really good competition but we had the advantage of really playing all year round if you wanted to um so yeah the competition obviously develops you but but being able to be outside all year round and, and not have to be indoors during winter really helps as well.
0: As Spencer steer of the reds joins us. What is the identity of this reds team?
4: I, I, I think our, our, big thing is, is resiliency. I think we are, we are able to, to play from behind because of the belief we have in, on our team and, and in our lineup and our bullpen, our pitching staff and, um, we're, I think the style of baseball we play is is pretty exciting as well. We got a lot of lot of team speed, um, and, and we play hard. and I think we play the game the right way. and, and uh, I think that that pressure we put on defenses it, it really uh, it really can cause problems.
0: I agree with you on that, too. And I think it – and correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm curious your opinion. When I'm watching you guys play, I mean, you're going 100 miles an hour the entire time, like you have no fear. And a lot of that fear normally in a competition comes from the fear of possible failure. And given the fact you guys are all young – and inexperienced, and really haven't been in a lot of these situations. At times, I think it serves a purpose for you to go 100 miles an hour into something because you haven't had that experience. Here you go. There's no fear of failure. We're going to go after it.
4: 100. And I, I, once again, I think it's starting spring training. Um, Colin Calgo, our uh, our base running guy, he's been awesome for us this year. And in spring training, his big thing was this is where we want you to take chances, take risk on the base pass so you know where your limits are um whether that's going first to third or uh you know a guy's pretty quick to the plate and and trying to steal a bag, and you know see you know if a guy's a one three to the plate let's see if I can make that and if I can't then I'm probably you know if he's a one four above go on that kind of guy so in spring training I think it was a lot of uh we were extra aggressive during that time to kind of know what our limit is once the season comes and um yeah, that's, that's kind of how we live as a team. We, we live and die by our, our aggression on the base paths, and I think it works out more often times than not.
0: Yeah, I do too. And you know, Again, I mean, you kind of look at it, I'm assuming, right? At least initially, like, well, what do you got to lose? I mean, you'll go at it 100%, 100 miles an hour right now, and then it's just stuff, if you fail, it's stuff you'll figure out later. So what do you got to lose?
4: Exactly. Yeah, and I, I, just, I, I think this team, it's we're all on the same page. there's no reason uh, you can't you can't bust your butt down the line. Um, we've had several instances instances this year where uh, guys are beating out double routine double plays and the next guy comes up and gets a hit and we score a run instead of being out of the inning and little stuff like that I think is that's that's just how you play winning baseball. Do you guys uh, stay
0: on top of that with one another? Is there a policing of that on the field going on? Is it collective? is it individual? who's in charge of that?
4: To be honest, there hasn't been any policing um, because that's just that's just how we play. That's that's how everyone wants to play. We got a lot of young guys who are hungry, um, trying to prove themselves. And um, there's I don't think there's really any policing necessary because that's just kind of how we go about it every night.
0: Spencer Steer, the Reds, Regin. Orioles coming up later on tonight in Baltimore. Spencer's got enough to join us via the Andy Moore automotive group hotline. Two significant benchmarks in the past couple of weeks, even beyond the 12-game win streak. One was uh, Ellie De La Cruz being called up. Uh, What was that like, having him in the lineup? And and what do you see in him? He's only been out there for a little over a couple of weeks right now, but what what type of player does he look like to you? And and is there an oh-wow factor for you being a teammate?
4: Oh definitely well I mean we all heard about the power he has uh, the arm strength, how fast he is but uh, once it's different once you see him in, in person um, it's it's just, it's just a special talent and it's pretty incredible um, the amount of poise and and how he goes about his business at such a young age it, it truly uh, he's truly going to be a superstar.
0: All right. And then the other one was last week with Joey Votto, uh,
4: the older dude in that
0: clubhouse right now. What was it like to be in that atmosphere at Great American Ballpark when he returned, returned with a home run, just was a a huge part of what you guys were doing during that 12 game? Or what did that feel like, especially with the crowd behind him there?
4: Oh, I mean, last week on Great American, that that was probably the best atmosphere I've ever played in. Um and I was on deck for. I was lucky enough to hit behind Joey uh, Friday night against Atlanta, and uh, got a pretty good angle of those two home runs. And um, yeah, it, it was awesome to see a, a guy of his stature and um, you know future Hall of Famer come back to our team and and really just take off running. It was it was pretty awesome.
0: If there is uh, one individual team leader on this team right now, who is it?
4: I think. uh, early i think a lot of guys you know when when india speaks a lot of guys listen and um he's he's not just a a vocal leader he leads by example every single day he's he's working hard on his craft and and bp's getting here early and getting in early work and he's playing the game hard and, and the right way and i think a lot of guys look up to him because of one he's he's a good vocal leader but he also every single day he's leading by example
0: Spencer Stairs with us. Hey, by the way, last night, I think it was in the second inning, how much harder was it going to have to rain for them to uh, send you guys to the dugout at that moment?
4: Yeah, there was – I mean, I was in left field, and and me and, and TJ, he was in center. We were kind of looking at each other like, what's going on? Um, there's there's a couple there's a couple minutes there where it was it was dumping and and it was kind of hard to see from the outfield. So, well, a couple times Uh, you
0: guys you had your hats on and you bent down to look at the ground and like just a huge rush of water came off the bill of your hat. And I was just thinking, yeah, yeah, how long is it going to take for somebody to get you guys off the field for a minute?
4: I mean, it just seemed like when we were out on defense, it started pouring, and then you know when we got out of the inning. And the Orioles went on defense, the rain <laughs> stopped, and then once we went back out there, it started up again, and that's when they eventually uh, called in. We went into a delay. But, yeah, those are those are tough conditions to to throw in because it's getting muddy. Everything's wet. You can't grip the ball. So, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to battle through it, but uh, – yeah, it was, it was
0: brutal there for a sec. You know, Spencer, a couple more things. I'll let you go. I, you mentioned last weekend the the best atmosphere you've ever been a part of when, when Joey Votto returned. But what about overall in that series against the Braves? I mean, just an incredible atmosphere. And and you you know you know what you guys can do. You, you know how much that town that fan base wants a winner. That probably told you a lot last weekend about that fan base, didn't it?
4: yeah it it was awesome to see cincinnati show up the way they did um we've we've known that they've been hungry for a winning baseball team and um they really showed their support last weekend and and uh honestly if i feel like they're starting to believe in us which is which is what we want because we we know we got in this clubhouse and and uh it'd be awesome if the city of cincinnati can believe what we got because it's uh there's a lot of talent in this clubhouse and I think we can make some noise this year and um, just seeing all that support we got last weekend was was really awesome and we uh we acknowledge it too. We, we we felt them all weekend.
0: You guys uh take a lot of the uh before the start of the season prognostications about where you guys would be at the end of this year. You guys take that, utilize that for motivation in that clubhouse?
4: Um for me personally no. Um and I, I can't speak for everyone on that, but I I think, like I said earlier, we, we know what everyone in this clubhouse is capable of doing. Um, so yeah, we, we've seen, you know, people thinking we're not going to be very good this year and, uh, you kind of shrug it off cause cause we, we, we know we're better than that. So, um, maybe it's for some guys, it's motivation, but for me, it's kind of just, eh, whatever. We're just going to go out there and play. And, uh, We'll see what happens. Well,
0: it, it's to me, it's also a part of what we talked about earlier, Spencer, the uniqueness of your clubhouse where you only have a handful of dudes in it that have any recollection about what's taking place. I mean, this is all new territory for most of you guys right now. And you just that's why I think you guys go about your business with a a no-fear type of attitude because you've not experienced this at this level.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a while. Uh, there's definitely been – you know, like Kirk Casale being with the Giants last year, Matt, or Malley being with uh, the Indians. We got, you know, a couple guys who who, who know what it's like to be in, be in uh, the first place and and be on a winning team. But, yeah, like you said, many of us haven't. And um, I think this team is just worried about uh, coming to the ballpark every day and, and, and focusing on one thing, and that's just winning a game.
0: You get a lot of folks from here in central Indiana and in Indianapolis that go over, go down I-74 and watch you guys play when you guys have our stand too. So uh, you are reaching a lot of folks that are Reds fans around here, too. And I want to thank you for coming on. Here's to, here's to breaking that three-game losing skid later on tonight. Get that done. Get back in the winning column because winning, as we noticed during that 12-game, is a hell of a lot better than losing, man. There's no doubt about that.
4: Oh, yeah, let's do
0: it. Appreciate you having me on. Anytime, Spencer. Thank you. Thank you. Spencer, of the reds on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Really good conversational piece right there.
3: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: On well, the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, friend of the show, Greg Rakestraw joins us. So, this is what I'm looking at here. This is a Canadian smoke haze.
2: Uh, I have been driving in it all day. It's like borderline creepy. It is but creepy. But I can't confirm to you uh, because I've been I'm on a back and forth to like Northwestern Ohio today. Ninety three point one HD two coming in loud and clear on the Muncie Bypass, which is where I join you from right now.
0: By the way, to answer the question, Acapulco Gold, oh, gold is a strain of cannabis. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the reference. I, 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 I can't believe James didn't get. Like I'm looking at James, thinking, man, James has probably got that memorized by now. How the hell's he not know that? You got ten tattoos say, I, and everything.
2: I, 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 I did not know that I had asked that question. <laughs> Apparently, that happened before I got on the program.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is
2: Acapulco
0: Gold weed strain information. I'm looking at right now. It is uh, the most well-known of the strains, Greg. So look at what you learn right here.
2: It's it's been just a little while since I have partaken in such process. I have no
0: idea what you're talking about, Greg. I have no idea what you're talking. Hey, before I get started too, I did retweet this. Tell me a little bit about it cuz I know that that was in your neighborhood. I know it's now closed, but but drugs in <laughs> court in Indiana this made its way for some for some reason to my Twitter handle this weekend. I retweeted it. It went wild. Why have I never heard of this?
2: Butt Drugs was a staple uh, of downtown Corden. It was just off the square. Not only would you get your prescriptions in there, but it also was like a soda fountain. The milkshakes were legendary. And so a very common phrase in Corden or Harrison County was you know, like the best milkshakes probably were Polly's up the road on 62, closer to Georgetown. Right. But if you're going to go west, the best shakes you would find would come from Butt Drugs. So their, their commercial they made a few years ago was absolutely legendary. Sadly, the family just decided they could not fight like the CBS Walgreens et cetera fight you know in terms of prescription drug prices uh, any longer, and so they shut the doors just a few weeks ago, which is an absolute shame because that is a that is a local legend and frankly not exactly an uncommon name in Southern Indiana. Well.
0: Let me ask you this. How many people you think are listening to us right now that either in the past or still now can go to a drug store that has uh, a place to make milkshakes? Something like that. I mean, because we had one in Lagodi back then, and uh, soda fountain at a drug store.
2: They don't exist anymore, do they? It was a small-town Americana, and I would imagine that uh – they are down to the handful of those across the Midwest of the country, would be my guess.
0: It's uh, Greg Rakestraw who is with us. So what are you doing this time of year once the calendar season and the IHSAA is complete? Obviously, Indy 11 going on right now, but what else are you doing?
2: So I'll be hanging with you on Friday. Uh, I'm glad to see you're going to come check out the women's game. Women's team is 7-1-1, and and if they win their match against St. Charles FC on Friday night, They will win the Valley Division, and they will qualify for the postseason for a second consecutive year. Um, But as of now, that's my last women's broadcast because the playoffs kick in, and we don't know if they're going to be home or road at this point. Um, But, like, last week was my last week of the the only week of the year that had no play-by-play. So I've got the women's match on Friday, got the men's match on Saturday. Uh, The men's team again the following Saturday. I start to get busy with, like, one-off events. Like I'll go to Memphis and do a thing for USA Basketball at the end of July. Obviously, Colts kind of kick back around in August. We do things like the City League Championship on ISC, which is August for hoops. We do the uh, the Disney Runs Pro Am Championship Night from up at uh, Mojo uh, in Noblesville. We'll do that coming up in early August. Uh, we've got like a little wiffle ball that we'll do uh, in August as well at ISC. So we do a variety of things, but. Uh, the pace does tend to slow just a little bit for me ever so briefly.
0: So Greg Rakestraw on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pipeline. There were some tournaments in and around the area this past weekend. A lot of college, high-level college basketball coaches watching Flory Badunga play. Uh, you've seen him a number of times. We have talked about him before, but I've never asked you this. How does the recruiting prowess that he's dealing with right now compare to Past history, recent history. You know, where is the recruiting frenzy with him compared to others of the past?
2: That's right, it's Romeo Langford, man. I mean, I, I mean, that, and that's you know, that's really what it is. You know, when I try to explain kind of what the floor experience is like, uh, he is kind of the modern example. You know, Damon Bailey in terms of kind of the hysteria is, is the old school example. We kind of had an idea where Damon was going. It, it's a bit of a different world, you know. Now, um, you know, IU, Purdue, potentially in the mix. But I think so is like every other college in the country. At Duke, you know, with an offer last week, there was a Michigan visit basically the first weekend in June before he then went out to the Pangos All-American camp and then came back and played in the junior-senior game at Cathedral then played in the Futures game the following Saturday at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. So because of the skill set he has, in other words, he is a major Division One level defender, Rebounder, shot blocker. Right now, he is not necessarily that guy from an offensive standpoint. Still a work in progress, but he is absolutely a pick and roll, rim runner, run the floor level offensive big right now. In other words, every team in America would have a spot for Floyd Badunga on their roster right now. So whatever the case may be, you know, it, it's really a case of. What school do you want to go to? Well, that's the one that's recruiting him because he's that level of talent.
0: Is he built, at least right now, to be an NBA player or You know, might he be on the path of ending up like, you know, what we have seen with high-level bigs that stay for four years in this case, whether it's Trace or Drew Timmy or Oscar Sheboy down in Kentucky, you know, all high-level performers, but just struggled to find a place at that ultimate level. You know, might he be heading down that path with his game right now because he is so dunking and low-post dominant?
2: They're not. He's a guy that I actually think would be an NBA fit because of what his game is and what his game isn't. As of now, you're not running exactly a low post game for him. You know, he is a guy that would be, to some degree, kind of like an Isaiah Jackson. And again, and I think he is a largely unfinished, I know he's a largely unfinished product offensively. The most interesting comparison I have been given is from his high school head coach in John Peckinpah. And again, for those who know him, I played at Muncie Central, so he played in a couple of state finals against Greg Oden. Uh, you know, played at IPFW, played for Dane Fife there, was a college coach and then came back to Indiana to be a high school head coach. When I asked him for a comparison, the guy that he said was Clint Capella. But there are not many players that go, man, that's the guy that I want to be. But I, I thought it was interesting that that was, the, that was the comp that his head coach in high school used. And Clint's about to enter, like, what, his 12th, 13th, 14th year in the NBA, I think, you know, something along those lines. So – I do think there is a place in the league for him. Again, his offensive skill set certainly still needs to improve.
0: What's the basketball class and the football class looking like? I mean, all these things we normally chatter about in the, the summertime right here. What are the classes, the, the high-level, elite-level play in, in the senior class look like here going into 23 and 24 as we sit here idle down the summertime?
2: You're talking about like the top recruits, yeah. The top, like the
0: top recruits in both football and basketball that you have seen.
2: You know, obviously, from I think from a football standpoint, you know, Mr. Football is likely Danny O'Neals uh, to kind of to win or lose. You know, who is rebel to play for Deion Sanders in terms of Colorado? He'll be a third year starter at Cathedral. He will likely have if he doesn't have him already. Like every major passing record at Cathedral High School, uh, they always have plenty of talent there. He does have several key pieces he has to replace offensively around him, namely Jerron Tibbs now playing at Purdue. He comes to mind the Cherry Kid at quarterback at, at Center Grove. You know, do do they kind of open up the offense a little bit more for him? You know, Center Grove last year to some degree surprised some people. I'm not sure Center Grove being great surprises anybody anymore, but they had such a jaw droppingly good class the year before that last year's so supposed to kind of be the in between year and they still won the 6A championship game. Um, you know, from a, from a from a high school hoop standpoint, you know, obviously Flory is going to lead that junior class, but there are other talented players, you know, that are part of that group as well. And you referenced kind of the, the big deal this weekend was the Charlie Hughes, the Charlie Hughes shootout. The basically, like yeah. half the state of Indiana came and played in that event over, you know, several different gymnasiums, Carmel, Northside, et cetera. Um, they're, Westfield apparently... Has landed a six-eight big from New Zealand. What that has my that, that has my attention. So <laughs> they've got Chad Buchanan's son Trey that makes a really good high school level basketball player, potential Indiana All Star uh, that that returns for his third year as a varsity contributor. Obviously, they had a huge senior class after the year before, led by Braden Smith. Really, kind of we're, were a two-man group last year. Uh, it was Buchanan, a kid named Alex Romack that's not going to play Division two ball. Out in Colorado, that was going to be a really good small college player. I wish him the best out in Colorado. But they have found a big in Westfield. And so now all of a sudden, uh, in a year, I think Carmel's going to be a little bit down. Fishers, obviously, is really good. But Westfield, you have to kind of put into consideration as far as sectional eight. And those schools up in hamilton county
0: hey greg before i let you go it'll be two weeks ago friday paul Nighting was on the show with me when i was at victory field during the baseball championships and uh he, he did mention to me um a level of disappointment that that center grove and carmel could not find some common ground here a are you surprised and b is there an outlook to where maybe things will change further down the road
2: yeah there's always an outlook where things will change further down the road um but again, I, I think I, I think there's there's a little bit of a issue with how maybe Center Grove has dealt with some things in the past. Uh, I'm not sure this is on the current AD, but maybe on some of the things that have happened in, in years gone by. Um, I certainly I think there's also a little bit of of um, you know simply getting tired of kind of getting beat, at least in football. Um, but I, I, I do think that down the road, hopefully something I like can change because. Uh, even for some of the issues that Center Grove has had. Uh, I hate the fact that I end up basically not playing in Indiana school for the first five or six weeks of the season. No, no, there's no doubt about that. All right, what you got going on
0: this weekend besides hanging out with me for a bit on Friday?
2: Dude, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, for me, it's a slow weekend. I got two soccer matches, one Friday, one Saturday. So I get get another day off on Sunday. Uh, the schedule will pick back up in a couple, three weeks, but – enjoying a bit of a quieter pace of life these next couple of weeks
0: so spencer stare the reds going to join me coming up here in about 10 minutes i'm i'm here i'm here to break the streak it's now a three-game losing streak after winning 12 consecutive am i the person for it am i the interview for it
2: you damn well better be i kind of like this winning thing you know it's, it's like a whole lot better than losing i think what we've seen the last three days for as excited as we should be about the future of the reds there are still some holes there, and, and and especially because of injuries, pitching might be one of them right now for this Major,
0: ma- major one of them in holes right there, too. And, uh, yeah, shout-out to Mitch Hannes, by the way, too, for being the uh, Division One Midwest Region Coach of the Year there for the Sycamores. What a great year
2: at Indiana State. And I would argue that he should be up for national consideration that as well because of how good Indiana State was this year. All
0: right. I'll uh, check in with you on Friday, and I'm sure I'll talk with you on Saturday, buddy. Thank you. Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Meekum's 37th original spring classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairgrounds. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Meekum experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at meekum.com.